Welcome to this week's episode of Serving the Community Podcast. Each week, your host, Trisha Stutzel, is highlighting people and organizations in our communities that are serving through volunteer work and giving back to make our community, country, and even the world a kinder place to live. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Serving the Community Podcast. My name is Trisha Stutzel, owner of Results Extreme Business Solutions and founder of this podcast. I'm really excited about having uh, my guest today. She and I met at a leadership symposium several months ago, I believe in 2020, and she is also a fellow animal lover, which is why she's here with us today. Amy Castro, who is a communication leadership and team development expert also has a passion for animals and the name of her organization and what we're going to talk about today is the starlight outreach and rescue amy welcome to the show thank you trisha thank you for having me absolutely so i you've already provided me with your backstory and starlight but i would love you to share with our audience how did you get involved or how how was it that starlight came to be well, we started Starlight in um, actually October of 2017, so we're, we're kind of hit, heading into an anniversary here. Um, I had been a longtime volunteer at uh, my municipal animal shelter, along with uh, several, you know, obviously several other people from the community. And um, unfortunately, the organization itself was kind of born of tragedy. People had been encouraging me for a long time, like, why don't you start a rescue? And it, you know, it just sounded like work, starting a nonprofit and being responsible for the whole thing. Um, and then in October of 2017, I was actually driving in the car. My husband was driving. I wasn't texting and driving, but uh, driving in the car. And I got a text message from one of my volunteers, Shelly Hyde, that basically said that Emma had passed away. And my brain kind of, it just was so unfathomable that I had a hard time thinking of who was Emma, like couldn't possibly be her daughter that she's talking about. But yes, unfortunately, her daughter, Emma, who also, you know, she volunteered with me and was a, uh, I, a kitten whisperer, for lack of a better term, she would take the little tiny hissy spitty feral kittens home and uh, for me and uh, manhandle them and love on them until they turned into lovely, cuddly pets. And um, unfortunately, she passed away on October 25th of 2017. And on that day, it just hit me like a lightning bolt that not only did I need to start a rescue, but I knew immediately what I was going to call it. Um, it just so happens Emma's middle name was Starlight. And that's where the name Starlight Outreach and Rescue came from. And so, you know, like I said, based on a tragedy, but inspired by a 14 year old love of animals that we could do more and we could do better than what we were doing simply by volunteering at the municipal shelter. Yeah, absolutely. So Emma, the kitty whisperer yeah. <laughs> has become the namesake for your organization. I love that, Amy. So let's talk a little bit more about the organization. Uh, I know you do a lot of fostering at your own home. I see posts uh, <laughs> yes, uh, about that. Um, but do you have other volunteers in your organization that are doing the same? What is your organization made up of? 
it's it's basically made up of uh, volunteers that either uh, foster in their home. I mean, that's right now what we have a big need for. Uh, there's only so many physical animals I can have in my house. We've actually converted the garage into a cat room. We've got a cat bunkhouse, <laughs> which is a separate building. But um, right off to my side here is a cage of cats that are in my living room. Um, so sometimes we have to split people up, whether it's because of illness or just lack of space. So we've got people that are fostering um, animals in their home. We've got people that are um, helping us to clean. We are very, very fortunate to be featured as the rescue for the Pet Supplies Plus store in Friendswood, which gives us a fantastic venue to show our animals, but we can only put four animals in there at, at a time. So we've got volunteers that go to the store twice a day, seven days a week, and clean out those cages and keep those animals, you know, make sure they've got food and water, things like that. And then we also have just started having volunteers come out here to the rescue, we call this the rescue ranch. <laughs> um, we have volunteers <laughs> that will come out here um, and help us clean or assemble cages. Or the other day, we probably moved about a thousand pounds of cat litter from one spot in our barn to the other corner because it was blocking the entire barn. So there's a lot of opportunities for people to either get, you know, to dive in deep and, and really get involved in animal care, or just to zip up to Pet Supplies Plus, spend 45 minutes to an hour cleaning. And they've done, you know, they've done us a huge service. Actually, I should say they've done the animals a huge service. So there's a, a lot of ways to get involved. Yeah, that's excellent. I love that Pet Supplies Plus is allowing you to put some of those animals in the front, right, of lots of eyeballs. Uh, yes, I think that exactly. that is absolutely amazing. So only cats and dogs? Well, we we do other things on, on a space available on a space available basis. Um, we do have permanent residents here at the ranch that are either, for example, we've got a 30 year old horse. We've got a 13 year old pony that was found running down highway six in the middle of the night. Um, and we've got two rescue donkeys. So we probably could take in other equines if there was a need, but for the most part, we focus on, on uh, cats and dogs. And then lately we have branched out a little bit into, it's actually kind of in our logo. I put a bird on the tail of the, the cat there and uh, Afterwards, I was thinking, well, why did, why did we do a bird on that logo? I mean, it looks cute, but we've actually branched into birds. So we've got a cockatiel and a couple of parakeets um, in that room with the French doors over there that used to be my office and now is a bird room. <laughs> <So> yes, <laughs> it happens, it, Amy. Yes, it, it does. Uh, it's it happens. Scope creep. <laughs> Business people can relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, in the case of birds, we see, I'm glad that that you're in that space as well, because some of these birds will live many, many years. And, you know, we've, we've got a small parrot that will live to be 35. God help us all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they do, you know, when people pass away, or they don't have the means to care for them and having some uh, organization, right, that can point to uh, folks in the community who have bird expertise that could potentially foster, right, is um, a really imp important role. So right. I know this about you, you are really big into education. And I also know that in any nonprofit space, we've got to have that education right out to the community and helping. So are you providing education out to the community? I know some of the things that are really important 
thinking about it in my headspace, right? Getting vaccinations, having um, having a relationship with a local veterinarian, if you will. Also, spay and neuter. That's huge, right? Otherwise, Definitely. if we're not in that, if we're not doing that, then we just make the problem larger. So what kind of education are you offering to the community? A lot of, you know, a lot of the education is happening on a one on one basis or through our social media platforms we had originally and, and education is one of our five tenets of our of our mission. Um, we had originally as we got going and got kind of established had we're planning on doing more in person education, you know, setting up having programs in libraries about things like vaccinations, the importance of spay and neuter, um, trap neuter return is another huge issue for us, um, you know, be able, being able to um, trap spay or neuter and return community cats to their local their original location um, rather than what most shelters do, especially municipal shelters, is people will trap cats, have animal control come pick them up. And because they're feral, most of them end up being euthanized because they can't be made into pets. Um, and there's only so many barn cat slots that you can move those animals over into. So educating about the importance of trap, neuter, return and why it's a better option is a big piece of it. But uh, like I said, unfortunately, COVID has limited our ability to do in-person. So we're kind of taking the you know one-on-one -on -one as people call with cat problems, working with them and explaining how the trap neuter return works and or why spay and neuter is important it's like yes we'll support you um, and help you make it happen but we need you to understand why it's something that's ongoing that needs to happen it can't just be this one cat you have to kind of keep doing it as you acquire more yeah absolutely no and i appreciate that and knowing that so many people out there don't understand right the uh, the things that need to happen behind the scenes it's not just about rescuing one cat right it's not about going to chema and rescuing the cats that are out there right collecting food off the ground it really yeah. is about getting them into a program and having a relationship and having an organization like yours that has a relationship where we can take the community and pair them with a program right and get um a lot of times we'll hear it called tnr uh right. for those of you who are not familiar familiar with what TNR means. Amy was very uh, succinct at explaining that. So it is the trap, neuter, and release back into um, back into the community because they're feral. Um, so let's then talk a little bit about how, how do people, how can people help you? I realize, and many in the community realize that um, getting the spay and neuter done, getting the vaccinations done, if you rescue a sick animal, that there's a cost behind that. So how can people help your organization in that particular space? Well, I mean, there's a couple of different ways to do it. I mean, obviously, financial donation is is a huge aspect. Um, you know, I've got a friend that very dear friend of mine who um, she would much rather write a check than hear about the horror stories that sometimes go along with rescue. She's like, I can't handle that. I don't want to see pictures of it, but I will write you a check. And, and that's that's great because you know we we have the ability because you know, we work very closely with veterinarians who support rescue and to support our efforts. You know, we can make a dollar go a long way. And um, so don't, you know, financial donation is obviously huge. Um, getting involved to help us foster. Uh, one of the things that we are somewhat limited on right now is dog foster. Sometimes people think, well, you're, are you only a cat rescue? It's like, well, we're a cat rescue because I can put 
you know, 15 cat cages in my garage with an air conditioner and a heater. And, and that works, you know, you let them out three times a day, they run around and they play, you put them up and that works. But you couldn't do that with dogs. <laughs> you can't stack dogs to the ceiling in cages. It's not the way a dog wants to live. So if I've got a dog, which I do on this side of me over here, um, it's usually one or two and it has to be able to get along with my dogs and be safe with my dogs. And it has to be able to get along with cats because we've got cats as well. So, you know, it's kind of a onesie twosie operation. And so we definitely, you know, people call us all the time and they want us to take dogs from them. And it's like, we can't take the dog. If you can hold on to the dog, we can support you financially, get involved beyond being that person who stops the car and picks up that animal to realize that sometimes you've got to get further involved. Um, and, and I will say, you know, one thing I would ask people to do is be understanding. Um, we do get a lot of people that will call and they want our help and they get angry and will say, you know, you don't want to help me. It's like, how many, you know, how many cats do you have in your living room kind of thing? Is there, there's only so many that we can take in and we get dozens of these calls every day. And um, so I think people do need to think about the fact when they're doing their good Samaritan, their good deed for the day of picking up that animal to realize you may not find a rescue that can take it off your hands right, right away. And so are you willing and able to hang on to it? Um, and just, like I said, be understanding with rescues because we're just people that are doing this on a volunteer basis, most rescue organizations, we've got jobs that we're trying to do, we've got limited space. And so, um, you know, realize we can't always help you in the way that you would like to be helped and just keep taking animals off your hands. Yeah, so I would say y'all just be nice. Yeah, <laughs> y'all be nice. Our best. We're doing our best. Absolutely. Well, and I, I, I'm sure you found this, Amy. You know, people when they know that you're an animal lover and they know that you're in the business of helping animals in the community, you're on speed dial on people's telephones, okay. right? So they pick up. They're like, Amy, I just picked up this animal off the off the street. What do I do with it, right? Um, and I appreciate you bringing that out uh, so that we could talk through that and let people or help people understand that we can't help all of them right right especially not right this minute it may be one of those times where we have to get another organization involved or we may need to just ask you to hold on to that animal until we can right help you or help them so yes please be patient those of you uh <laughs> who are making those phone calls because we can't always uh you know 100 percent of the time give you the attention that minute uh it right. may take some time right to come back around to that so financial financially is a big deal uh in your right. organization so that that we can help uh put dollars in the organization's pockets for vaccinations for medical care spay and neuter uh programs right. let's talk a little bit about the volunteer space you talked about having volunteers to go to pet supplies plus uh you also talked about the volunteer who doesn't necessarily like to get involved in the poop scooping <laughs> <laughs> right yeah um so tell me about the volunteer opportunities that you have inside of starlight well, beyond the, you know, physical labor of the of the poop scooping, we, you know, we do special events. For example, uh, we have an online event that's going to be coming up. Um, it's called Purrs and Paws for Santa Claus. It's going to run from November. I got it written down because I didn't want to hit the wrong dates. November 28th through December 4th. And um, each day of the week is has a theme. So there's Merch Monday. There's 
Tipsy Tuesday, which is when we're doing a wine pull. There's Wiggle Butt Wednesday, and so on and so on throughout throughout the week. So you know, being able to um, not only get online and share. I mean, I consider anybody who shares our stuff and or you know shares our post to be a volunteer because every every time somebody shares that, it it extends our reach exponentially. But you know, if if somebody out there is creative and they're willing to you know, run an event or chair a committee, that would be awesome as well. I mean, we have, we, we would like to do more events, but you know, there's basically three or four key, key people that are doing it over and over and over again. And so when you're trying to be the pooper scooper and the business owner outside of the rescue and run an event, it, it's a lot to juggle. So, you know, anyone that would like to get involved, either leading an effort like that, or, um, just being a part of a committee on something like that. We also long-term have a, I've got a friend in the background. I see. <laughs> um, I love we it. want to be able to expand our opportunities for people and, and to, to come out to the rescue ranch as well as basically take in more dogs. So we, at some point would like to build an actual like shelter type building on the property here at the rescue ranch. Um, but we've been stymied for the most part because we don't have a capital campaign committee. And, and again, you know, Amy Castro could do it, but it's you know, there's only so many things I can I can juggle. So it gets keeps getting kind of put on the on the back burner. So there's a lot of things, um, whether it's online special events, in person special events. At some point, we're going to at Pet Supplies Plus. In addition to having the cats that are there daily, we want to get into a routine of you know second Saturday, second Sunday, whatever it is of having other animals come up. So we need people to come and sit at the store, you know, just manning the manning the animals or holding a dog and, and talking to the community about what we do and about the animals that we have available for adoption. So it doesn't always have to be scooping poop <laughs> to get involved. <laughs> Not everybody has to scoop poop. Nope. Uh, but there, there are people poop. who there are people who like to get engaged at that, you know, at that level too. And that's okay, because we always always need volunteers who can help clean right mm -hmm. uh in yeah. in any um organization so a week i love this week-long event that you have out there by the way for our listeners i'm going to post all of this information not uh not just about uh amy and the organization but also about this event in the show notes so all you have to do is point and click so that you can go and find it and i love amy that you brought out that sharing a post is meaningful it really is it, one person may have a thousand friends and if you share that post maybe 50 of your friends will see it right which right. is amazing and that is 50 more people who could get involved in the organization and help starlight i love that i think that is absolutely amazing all right so as we get to the end of the show amy is there anything else about starlight that you wanted to bring out that we have not yet talked about i i think that um like i said our, our biggest thing would be to have people just you know get in touch with us and learn more about what what we're trying to do and see if there's a place that feels like it's a right fit for you to get involved at whatever at whatever level. Um, I also, and it's really not necessarily even specifically a note about Starlight, I kind of wanted to jump back on a thought about reaching out to rescues is that many times we get people that will call the rescue and they'll say, well, I don't want to call the shelter because they're going to euthanize the animal. Um, I, th I think people need to get to know their municipal shelters a little bit better to realize that many, many, many of our local shelters in our area um, 
qualify as no kill. They have a 90 plus percent live release rate. So don't always assume that if you call animal control to come and pick up an animal, that that animal's gonna get euthanized. Get to know your animal control facility and get to know their numbers and what do they do to get pets adopted? Because there's a lot of fantastic ones out there. And that's one of the things that we do as a rescue. You know, we, we try not to just turn people down and say, we can't take into your pet. We try to provide other resources. And the first resource you wanna be checking out is your local, is your local shelter because that is a place not only that a person's gonna be looking for that animal. If I lost my dog, that's the first place I'm gonna call. I'm not gonna start calling random rescues that might be in other parts of town. Um, but also because they also get that foot traffic of people coming in to look for animals when that animal becomes available for adoption. So don't rule out your local shelter, but definitely get to know them because not all are created equal. Um, but as far as Starlight goes, you know, we just, we. We appreciate the followership. We, you know, we've managed to double our Facebook following. Facebook's kind of our primary uh, place for communication. So, you know, follow us on Facebook. Get to know what we're doing. Feel free to reach out to me or anybody on the board to to learn a little bit more. And, um, you know, we'll find a place that fits for you. If you're an animal lover, we will find something for you to do that works with your schedule, works with your goals. I love that. An excellent point that we really need to know who our local shelters are, get to know them, get to understand what their processes are, right? What are their right. systems and uh, what are they doing with the pets, right? Everyone just assumes. And in many of the small suburb towns around here, the uh, there is not a um, animal rescue or shelter right uh right. maybe nearby and you may have to to uh, go a little bit out of your way <laughs> mm -hmm. to get there uh, because right. there aren't a whole lot of facilities out there amy i really appreciate you coming on today and talking about starlight i love the namesake i think that's uh, amazing that it's in emma's memory thank you for sharing that story i will in the show notes post uh the link so that folks can go out and fill out a volunteer questionnaire that will be in the show notes and Great. for the facebook page if you're not looking at the show notes and you're just listening you can find it at starlight outreach and rescue or you can go to starlight outreach and rescue at gmail right is your um is the email that people can reach you at absolutely okay. yes yeah fantastic oh there they are I, okay they're all they crowding are. around now <laughs> Thank it you wouldn't very be much. a dog. It wouldn't be a dog and cat and pony show if we didn't see all of them. That's right. That's right. They all they lasted. They came so close to making it to the end without making a lot of racket. It is OK. You know, that's that's why we're here. Right. Because we're animal lovers and that kind of stuff happens. And what our listeners don't know is just before the show, we were talking about this horrible storm that was passing <laughs> through and trying to make sure that everybody was nice and quiet. Right. Uh, but it's all good. Amy, again, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for uh, not only doing amazing uh, work in the business community, which is how I met you, but also in the animal space. You do amazing stuff. Well, thank you. And thank you for, for having me on the podcast, Trisha, and for your support. I really appreciate that as well. You bet. Thank you, Amy. And that concludes this week's episode of Serving the Community. 